All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, February 24th, otherwise known as the NHL trade deadline. My name, Detroit sports writer and a longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi, here along today with my co-host, Ethan Smith. Ethan, how you doing? Doing all right, man. How about you? Happy, happy trade deadline day. Happy trade deadline day. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm a little bored uh, at the fact that over the weekend, you know, we kind of talked about going into Friday's show, how the Red Wings, the most obvious sellers of all time heading into this deadline, hoping that things would pick up over the weekend as nothing had really come out from that camp in terms of uh, any real likely trade scenarios. And uh, still, we sit here at Sunday, 7 o'clock, and, uh, you know, we were just going to wait till the end of the night to do this to see if anything had happened, but, I mean, nothing <laughs> – there has been absolutely nothing coming out of Detroit lately, so. I'm really not even – it's radio silence out of Detroit, and there really hasn't been any major moves all weekend. It's been very oddly quiet going into Monday. Yeah, a lot of bottom six forwards or, like, top six defensemen, but nothing of, really – A lot that, of, uh, like, prospect movement, like AHL trades. Yeah, we talked about that uh, – what was it? That uh, Pittsburgh and Montreal trade? Yep. A couple of days ago. Like, uh, I don't know, man. It's been an extremely boring trade deadline. I mean, not that it was, like, particularly salacious heading into it either. There, there wasn't really – I mean, Chris Kreider's been the top name to get – you know, potentially moved, I would probably say like throughout like the, the last two months. Yeah. Which is saying absolutely nothing about, uh, about anything really. I mean, it's, a, it's saying a lot about how dead the, the activity is, but, um, yeah, I mean, th- I there's mean, just been nothing going on with the NHL. Yeah. I mean, even just looking through like these, the list that I've put together, like Peugeot out of, uh, out of Ottawa's, one of the uh, one of the biggest forwards to be moved as well like there mm-hmm. it's just not really a star studded and there's there's some names out there that have been floated talking about like Robin Lehner out of Chicago and I mean there's even rumors that I think is basically just the Toronto media trying to make a story but them having talks of maybe Tyson Berry being shipped out since I mean he hasn't really worked out much at all in Toronto this year and him being a free agent after this year. And I mean, most likely is not going to sign with resign with that team. That's already as cash strapped as they are. Yeah. Tyson Barry, I actually have a note on him from Bob McKenzie. Uh, Cause it's, it says here. So trading bonafide top four NHL defensemen for picks and prospects is not going to help them unless you could trade Barry for a defenseman who is going to help you now although that is tough to do because Barry is on an expiring contract. So, I mean, that... uh... And the Toronto fans and the Toronto media would have a field day with Toronto selling one of their top four defensemen for picks and prospects. They've already been ripping them apart the last two weeks for how inconsistent their play is. They couldn't beat a Zamboni driver, which we're going to talk about later because that was amazing to watch. Absolutely. Like, and this team is just getting throttled too. Was great. Yeah, they're just getting throttled by the media. I just don't see any way that Kyle Dubas is going to trade Tyson Bear before the deadline. I just don't see that happening. No, neither do I. And for pretty much all the reasons you've just mentioned, is that trade doesn't make them any better. And I think that, and I mean, it's so tough to like put this kind of pressure onto an organization because I mean, look at, 
look at how long it took Washington and look how like it's not easy to win playoff series in the NHL, especially in the Atlantic division where Toronto is because they're either going to draw Boston, uh, Tampa, or, or they're going to end up, you know, with a, with a, I mean, that, that, that's really their only two options going into every season. The issue is, is those other teams haven't put $40 million into four players. So when you put that, when you put that money into those players that are putting up those points and then um, Mitch Marner comes out after the last game and verbatim says it was a dog shit performance by me. And you're seeing um, Austin Matthews, not it, it, he's incredibly streaky. Jonathan Tavares still only has one playoff win in his entire career. Do you think that this is probably the last year for Toronto before they like maybe just ship off one of those guys? I don't. I I don't think so. I think Dubas has built this team, and I don't think he's going to bail on it after two years. I mean, Matthews and I mean Morgan Riley's been on that team for six years now, and he's only twenty four, twenty five. Like it's this, these people haven't entered their primes from, you know, 26 to 30. Like these, guys, these kids are still ridiculously young. It's just that the money that they've, sh- that they've put into those players, they now can't build a solid top six defenseman. You know what I mean? Like those, the last three defensemen are meh, eh, a little iffy and, and that's- backup go- their backup goaltending too has been iffy. And you saw Dubas too making the move for Jack Campbell and um, Kyle Clifford too. Like those, those are two. They needed grit. Got that. Got a good backup goaltender. And the year before that, they had uh, they picked up Muzzin too. And I love Muzzin on that team. So I, I and in their prospect pool, they have Timothy Lujgren and Rasmus Sandin. They're both going to be good defensemen in the NHL. So I just don't think that he's just going to tear that away or take a piece out when he has some prospects still coming up defensively, he's figured out the goaltending. Hopefully he can add a little bit of grit and free a little bit more in free agency. But I, I just see them kind of stay in the course. I'm, I, there's, there's a reason why I'm doing this podcast and I'm not an NHL GM. This is true. Uh, you're also on this podcast to talk about fun stuff like another situation involving the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night, 42 year old, emergency backup goaltender Dave Aries becomes the oldest goaltender in NHL history to win his regular season debut. Fun stuff all around. The Hurricanes win, I think it was, what, 6-3? 6-3. Yep. Uh, just, an, just an incredible story. What, what, what was going through your mind when you were kind of watching that all develop as – as a goalie who, you know, would love, would love to be able to get called in like that. I'm sure. This yeah. This is, is this is like, that's like a, a dream of mine. Like <laughs> it's something that I daydream about. Um, I was, I was actually watching, I was watching the UFC and I got a notification on my phone that this was going down yeah. and I turned it off, turned on the uh, Carolina Toronto game. And it was just like, I'm like talking to my girlfriend, like, you don't understand how cool this is. <laughs> she didn't at all. But it was, uh, it was just so cool. Made a really good save on um, Zach Hyman, too. She's like, it was, it was, it, he looked like a beer league goalie playing in the NHL. And it was just like the stick taps that he was getting from Toronto and Carolina and just how they mobbed him. And it's just, it was, I live for stories like this. 
what an absolute kick to the balls for the Maple Leafs because like that, like they needed a win so bad. It's just, you know, <laughs> and, the, and it happens on their home ice on hockey night in Canada, their own Zamboni driver. Too. Their it's own just Zambo- like, like, no, not even their own Zamboni driver. The he's, mo- the he's a minor guy. league yeah. Zamboni driver. And he's wearing he's wearing a little bit worse. Wearing wearing all Toronto colors, Toronto pant shell, Toronto yep. helmet. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. It was and, unbelievable. And even furthering the comedy of it, like on the Maple Leafs aspect for, for them, is that when he got uh so when Morazic got hurt, shout out former Detroit Red Wing Peter Morazic, another deadline guy who was moved a couple years ago. <laughs> Very oh. relevant. Uh, like he gets hurt, and I think it was three to two, yeah, or it was three to one. Sorry, it was three to one, yeah. And then Carolina scores, goes up four to one, but then Toronto scores on their first two shots, and this is still in the second period. So you're like, okay, they're within a goal. Like, obviously, they're gonna get the win because the score's gonna be ten to three. Yeah, you know, yeah, ten to four, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And then they don't score for the rest of the game in the entire third period. Shout out to Carolina, too, because I've seen that before when that happened with Scott Foster in Chicago, that these teams just lock down defensively. Like, Toronto had no space in the offensive zone or the neutral zone. Yeah, I and mean, they only awesome. had eight, eight shots in, like, the last 25 minutes of the game, I want to say. Yeah. Look, rule change, I think the NHL should have, like, it's like a lottery system. And every single beer league goalie should be able to put their name in a hat. And then they just draw out numbers or letters, names, whatever, just once a game for an 82-game season saying, hey, man, we've got 42 regular season games. You have to be at the rink in the press box or in the locker room in your gear on November 24th, 2021. Just in case anything happened. Like, can I have some fun here? Why does it have to be a 42-year-old guy? I can move better than a 42-year-old guy. You know what? That's like an incredible idea. That'd be so much fun. Let me do it. Just one, one a game? That'd be a good yeah. community outreach program. You know, we were actually, like, we were, I can't remember what we were talking about. Uh, holy smokes. I see the largest spider I've ever seen in my entire life in my room. Give me a, give me a size. Uh, give me a circumference. It's, Quarter? Half dollar? Yeah, it's not necessarily like the circumference that's jarring. It's the size of the body. Oh, yeah, one of those big meaty boys, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a careful with boy. that. Keep an a eye thick on boy. him. Thick boy. What were we and talking like about? Zion Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zion Williamson uh, spider. What were we talking about? Um, the goalies, me being able to play in an NHL. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is another thing that the Red Wings should do is uh, for like the third – okay, you take the worst-placed team in the NHL, and then for the third period of every 10 games, if they're down by two goals or more in the third period, you got to put your backup in. You got to put the – emergency guy in? The the e-bug. Oh, that would be so cool. Or something along those lines. That would be so cool. Something to get the fans involved. This is the thing that I don't understand. Well, I mean, I guess I do understand. Oh, well, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the stands, you know, during a game, they're like, hey, guys, we're down six to two. We're going to do the emergency goalie trip challenge. <laughs> and then they just go, if you're sitting in section 122, row eight, seat five, 
congratulations. Meet <laughs> by the Red Wings locker room entrance. Then like Carly Johnson just like runs down from the uh, from the concourse and just like has a bunch of pads for you and stuff like that. Yeah, and you got to do it right now. Yeah. They, you, you walk down to the ice like the shield, just coming right ice. down the stairs. <laughs> Burner. Full Dur- equipment. Dur- I would love that. Make the NHL fun again. That's what I'm saying. And make bad teams fun again. Right. So, I don't know. All right, let's, let's, let's get back on what our topic is a little <laughs> bit. Okay. Uh, can I just – let me just ramble off a couple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the Rangers, Chris Kreider, they were, gonna, they were thinking about extending him. Didn't, you know, I saw a tweet about an hour ago saying that it's not going well. Um, so, I mean, trade is possible, obviously, has been. I know they're looking for at least a first-round pick and a prospect or two. We'll see. And then I know since Kreider's doing better that it's going to be him or Jesper Faust out of there. That's what I've been reading. Ottawa, I mean, that's it on the Rangers. I mean, what can you say? He's yeah. ideally going to go I mean, the Rangers, I, the, the, the problem with Kreider that I've been reading uh, is that they're kind of asking a bit too much for him. Yeah. Uh, but also, especially because right now they don't have an extension in place, I think the what would need to happen is he would have to approve the destination long term. I think uh, uh, an extension would have to be in place to some degree by the time the trade was made. I think for him, uh, it's looking like at this point, that's what it's going to take for him to get moved because otherwise teams just aren't going to shell out that much capital for him, which is what, uh, like you mentioned, a a first-round pick and a prospect, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Although you never know. At this time of year, like, we're going to – I'm going to bring this up a million times because, yeah, like – Sometimes it's not always logical that you're going to get X or Y for, you know, whatever player. But at the same time, like when you get to this time of year and you're an NHL GM, you haven't been to playoffs in two years and you think this might be a player that can get you from a nine seed to a seven seed or from a four seed to a two seed impulse buying is extremely real. The same way it is for you when you go on Amazon and you have, you know, a hundred and, you know, couple hundred dollars you know looking at an item you're like man i shouldn't do this man i shouldn't do this and then all of a sudden bam next thing you know buy now all it takes is one phone call yeah yeah now i got a weighted blanket that i'm going to use exactly or a sleep mask or yeah, uh right. yeah something along those lines what, what do you got on ottawa? Well, I'm, ottawa's i mean it's just their owner doesn't want to pay anybody. So Peugeot or Nemestikov are probably going to both going to be gone for picks and prospects. I don't see either of them getting anything more than a second round pick for them or a prospect for that matter. I just mm-hmm. see them getting a second, third round pick. Um, the really, the thing that's kind of been interesting for me is sa- watching San Jose's destruction this year yeah. with all the injuries they've had. Hurdle's out now, Couture's out now. And Thornton even came out and said like, hey man, It'd be kind of interesting to go to a contender right now, which you don't normally see. But Joe Thornton's his own person, and I and I've always really respected his. Just hey, I'm going to be myself since I'm 38 and up now. Doesn't even matter anymore. I'm just going to do my own thing. And hey, uh, yeah, if you want to ship me back to Boston, you know, hey, I'll take a run for a cup. I'd like. Can you imagine if he finished his career in Boston? I think it'd be pretty cool. That would be really cool. I hated Joe Thornton for a long, long time. 
like yeah. as a as a fan and playing them in those two playoff series where the Red Wings lost to them twice in consecutive years. I want to say it was like 2012, 2013 or something like that. There's some sometime back in those days. And uh yeah, I hated Joe Thorne with a passion. But he's just kind of uh he's just he's one of those guys that he's been in the league for so long you definitely completely forget about him. Uh but then also he's a player where if you if you only know him for like playing your team playing against him, you're gonna hate him. But yeah. if you just watch him with like an unbiased perspective, he's pretty pretty goofy guy, pretty funny guy. Yeah. He's Jumbo Joe. I've always yeah, I've always really enjoyed him. Um, talking about bringing up uh, the Devils, poor Wayne Simmons is, might be get might be traded again. I'd love to see this guy sign a contract and stay with a team. I miss. <laughs> I'd his love to see days. this guy actually like get rewarded for getting shipped out of right. town at the deadline. Right. Just stinks. It's too bad it didn't work out from last year in Nashville. It's yeah. too bad that New Jersey's as bad as they as they are you really thought i thought they'd be taking a step forward this year but not the case um uh Votten and two their defenseman he's probably the best d on the market right now i'm not i'm not sure what they'd get for him i don't really see them getting a first round pick for either of them mm-hmm. he'd probably be like a package like a second second and a third round pick but i don't know it's new jersey's kind of weird I don't, yeah. i'm not a huge fan of the way they've been doing stuff uh, after the trade, the blah, 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 Taylor Hall deal. So I'll see how that goes. Um, Eric Gustafson in Chicago is probably the second best defenseman on the market. Good two way guy. Um, the Robin Lehner. You said thing. you said Trevor Daly. No, no, I said Eric Gustafson. Oh, Chicago. okay. Sorry, sorry. I must have no. Back I don't. Actually. I don't even. I, yes, I don't even <laughs> have anything. I forgot Trevor Daly was on the market. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. well, he's not. Yeah, he put himself on the market. Yeah, right. He probably didn't even say anything to Eisman. He's just like, yeah. hey, Pierre, hey, Pierre, Pierre. Hey, can you tell, can you put this on live TV right now? Say I don't want to do this anymore. He gets Say I like, want to go to a good team. After the game, after the game ends, somebody comes to the locker room. They're like, hey, uh, Steve wants to see you in his office. He just got like the, he just got the NBC paused on the TV when he walks in. Yeah, what's up, Steve? Can I, can I do for you? Click. <laughs> you, can you explain this? this? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I just don't. I want to do this anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. Oh, I, you send I me, didn't send say me that. somewhere warm. Who Thanks. said that, Pierre? Dude, nobody listens to Pierre. Don't listen to that guy. <laughs> you hear how much he was talking about the coronavirus? So that guy's just looking for shit to talk about. <laughs> Plausible deniability. That's the good thing about leaking stuff to Pierre is there's there's always a plausible deniability of why would I leak that to Pierre Maguire? Yeah, really. Be like, yeah, I didn't do that. Dude, seriously, you're going to listen to him over me. Dude, I'm in your office right now. You're telling me that you're going to you're going to listen to what Pierre Maguire says. The dude that stands between the benches. Oh man. Over me. <laughs> I'm he, I'm I'm looking in the eye right now, Steve. All right, so what do you got on Gustafson? I mean, just essentially, he's just the second best defenseman on the market, which is really speaks a lot to how really uneventful this trade deadline is. Yeah. But the the Robin Laner thing. 
Have you been following? Just had a beautiful slap shot that went gloves on on Bernier. Oh man, is it one nothing already? Yeah, it's one nothing. How 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 far into the game are we? Uh, almost a full six minutes. So. All right. Well, that's not bad. How many shots do we have? Four, I think. Wow. All right, man. Yeah. Turn it up. There was this was a gorgeous shot though. Anyways, continue. So the Robin Laner thing, he's come out and said, hey, I've been doing good for a while now. I really, I believe that I shouldn't be lowballed. I don't want a low contract anymore. Like I've been doing this for a while now and I'm doing pretty good. I want, I'm not going to take a short deal to stay in anywhere. Mm-hmm. If Chicago doesn't want to give it to me, then, you know, hey, I'll go to, free agency and I'll get a deal from somebody that's going to be for more than a year or two. Like he's gotten on the Islanders and now in Chicago and I'm full, I'm totally for it. Like this guy's so transparent. Have you ever seen any of his interviews or anything? This guy just tells it like it is. Laner? He does, yeah. He does. I'm reading, yeah, I'm reading back. something. Uh, he's awesome. I was reading something on him earlier. Yeah. He's awesome. Big fan of that guy. He's also a great Twitter follow too. Um, a lot of the goals. So, I mean, are. Yeah. Like the um the thing that happened in Carolina, going back to them not having two goalies. Yeah. You know, it just we're, it's all just speculation right now. I don't know how hurt both either, you know, Reimer or Mrazic is, but I'm you know, that's a that's a Jonathan Bernier can step in there. That's a Robin Laner can step in there. Mm-hmm. It's really just it can give you I mean, there's goalies on the market. It's just they're not gonna fetch a big piece and i mean you look at a team like chicago is not gonna make the play. oh it's two nothing Monahan. oh man <laughs> god Darn. you're a good team like chicago is not gonna make the playoffs <laughs> yeah right oh boy well whatever you know maybe they'll trade it maybe they won't trade deadline stuff it's fun it's fun speculating yeah, and you know what sucks is that uh, I mean, like this can't, this isn't, not even this is a, has been a fun time of year uh, to be a Red Wings fan. Which honestly, all year it was like, all right, well, that's at least the one thing like in season that we have to look forward to. And this has been the most inactive the Red Wings have been on trade deadline, like either you know, either as buyers or sellers, and like since I can ever remember. It's really been fun to see, not fun, I guess interesting is a better word, of how little news gets out of Detroit. And it got, it was really rare too that stuff got out of Tampa. You know, mm-hmm. when they traded San Luis for Callahan, when they traded Drew in, like you didn't hear anything. And when we, tra- when he was trading uh, De La Rose for Fabry, you heard nothing about anything. It yeah. just happens with Heisman. And I think that's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just, just the way he runs it. He must have, it's just a really tight ship there. He doesn't, probably doesn't confine his thoughts and, you know, plans to a lot of people. So you never want to rule anything out with Eisenman, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But just, we all know that he doesn't have much at all to go with here, you know. For sure. And and I think another thing that kind of just adds to the disappointment at all is the fact that this is Steve Eisenman's first trade deadline with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, like you said, anything can happen between right this second and tomorrow or, or Monday today at 3 p.m. But I it'll it'll likely be something where 
oh, this trade is official. Not because I mean, like, even with the Athens CU stuff, you haven't even heard a single team who's interested in him. You hear teams who might be looking for a guy like right. him, but you right. haven't heard about teams who are directly interested. I haven't heard a single team that's been actually interested in a Red Wings player this entire deadline. Well, I mean, like what we were saying, like there's bigger players on the market that are mm-hmm. going to give you a more for sure return, like Peugeot, like yes. Kreider. You know, yeah. there's, I mean, I would argue that Joe Thornton would bring more of a atmosphere and two-way game than Anthony CU does, you know? So it's more with the Red Wings, in my opinion, and Anthony CU in general, it's just kind of waiting to see what other dominoes fall before 3 p.m. tomorrow or today. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, unfortunately we'll just probably have to leave it at that for this episode. I was hoping to have, like, like I said, I was hoping to have something to talk about, like, Oh, these guys are kicking the tires. Those guys are, you know, rumored to be interested, but it, uh, it's just absolutely nothing. One thing I have found that's like kind of been made, making me chuckle though, is I've been, uh, I've just been like searching for trade rumors and on like national sites like ESPN or like you know, the national writers at the athletic or something like that. Uh, whenever they, <laughs> they are so harsh on Athens use defensive zone ability and like, as they should be. But I think sometimes because sometimes when you read so much local coverage, like, yes, the, everybody knows that Athens was a liability in the defensive end, but how many times can you put it as harsh as he deserves it to be said? You know what I'm saying? Yep. But uh, I was reading a lot of stuff where it was like, uh, Athanasiu doesn't like to acknowledge that the game is played in the defensive end at all, you know, or just like stuff like that. So it's interesting to see how, like, if that's how the rest of the NHL views him. And not that we don't view him like that, but uh, I think maybe – Maybe sometimes we, we tend to overlook it a little because the team has, you know, for, since he's been with the Red Wings, the team has lacked goal scoring so much that you were always kind of willing to overlook his defensive ability because of the way he could score goals. Right. And a tweet from Nick Kotsnika, too, an hour ago. Athens you and Mike Green not warming up for the Red Wings. Team spokesman said it's asset management. No trade is necessarily imminent. I'm surprised that's that another thing. I'm surprised that Mike Green isn't playing tonight simply because of the fact that and maybe that's this is because they've kind of they've closed in on a deal for those guys. I doubt it. It's definitely more of a sense of these are our only two shots at getting something if we get a godfather offer for them tomorrow. Right. Let's not take any chances. But also I was kind of uh I was really intrigued to see what Mike Green was going to do tonight if he was going to play. Not that he, like, could really prove anything, but Calgary is a team who needs defensemen uh, at this deadline. And I thought that, yeah, you know, maybe. Good time. Price is right. Uh, if he has a good game against the Flames, maybe they pull a trigger on him. Oh, Kachuk almost just made it 3 nothing. No, I'm, stop giving me updates. Sorry. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> it's already 2 nothing. Oh, man. Shots are nine to five. Team, what do you, what are the, uh, tell me right now, do you think the Red Wings are going to win 20 games this year? No, no chance. Not against the schedule. We'll, we'll go over that sometime. Like I I'm trying, I've been trying to think of an interesting way to talk about it, but like their last month of the season is just 
it's a gauntlet. It's worse than the very first gauntlet you did at practice ever. It's it's right. going to be terrible. So I think there's absolutely zero chance to get to 20 wins this year. But you Man, never know. We can uh, certainly save that for another time. Check back in uh, with us tomorrow to see what happens between now and 3 o'clock. We'll be recording probably an hour after that trade deadline. So uh, we'll definitely have all the info for you there. And then also we're going to talk to the new host of the Lockdown Tigers podcast, Chris Castellani. Uh, he's going to be on the show on Thursday, or sorry, Wednesday. So uh, we'll try and fix a flex a Grand Rapids update somewhere into there, probably on Tuesday show. Uh, nothing quite concrete coming out of Grand Rapids, but Mo Sider took a fall uh, on Saturday night that looked a little bit ugly. Looked like it might be a little bit serious. Who knows? So uh, we'll have all the updates that we have for you at that point uh, when we come to you on Tuesday's show. And uh, hopefully the Red Wings are able to make some moves in the next couple of hours. Whoa, let's go Red Wings.